Hello everyone, welcome to a new episode of the Sunrise on the Inside podcast, a space where we share inspiring interviews and stories from thoughtful leaders in business, health and wellness, entrepreneurship and sports. Here we talk about tools, habits, routines and tactics they use that help them feel calm, revived and rebalanced whenever they face challenges in life. I'm your host, Nico Estrella, a serial entrepreneur, former professional soccer player and co-founder of WACU. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the episode number six of the podcast. My guest today is Krista Lewis, the CEO and founder of Aisling Organics, a revolutionary high-performance organic makeup brand. Within a few years of launch, Lewis has built a rapidly growing D2C startup and has garnered an extensive following to earn her the recognition of the Entrepreneur Magazine's Most Influential Entrepreneurs and Young Entrepreneur of the Year. Today, Krista is a recognized speaker on the subject of scaling your business via TikTok. Krista, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Super excited to have our conversation today. Me too. I love always the conversations that we have with Krista. We have a, a small mastermind group that we where we share our stories as founders as and entrepreneurs, uh, and I love those conversations always. I, I admire the work that you do with Aisling Organics. And uh, today, of course, we will dive into the story on how you created the company and, and why you started uh, Aisling Organics. But first, I wanted to start with a type of a, a kind of like a different story a little bit. Uh, I know that recently one of your TikToks became viral. Uh, and it was not that much about the organic company, but it was about a scam story. Uh, can you tell us a little bit of what was that scam? I think it was Facebook Marketplace where you almost get scammed, right? It was, yes. My life is filled with the craziest stories, and this is just a great example of one of them. So as a business owner, I've always found myself to be pretty tech savvy. And whenever I've heard about scams, it's usually something that I thought my grandparents would fall for and not necessarily me. And so one day I decided to list a few pieces of furniture on Facebook Marketplace thinking, hey, you know, what could go wrong? And so someone reached out to me and said, hey, Krista, I would love to buy this table that you're, you put up for sale. Do you mind texting me so we can coordinate a time? And so I looked at her Facebook profile and she looked around my age. And as you can imagine, sometimes with meeting random people to sell things, it can, it can be scary. I mean, you definitely want to meet with the right type of people. And so seeing that she was around my age, or at least it looked like, was comforting to me. And so I texted her and she said, Chris, I would love to find a time to chat, but honestly, I'm a little nervous that you're not a real person. Can I send you a code that you send back to me that verifies that you are real before we meet? Dang. And you see, as a busy entrepreneur, I have a lot going on in my mind. And the whole process of just selling a piece of furniture was not a priority. So as I was getting into my car, I had probably about 30 messages at this point, just rapid responding to them. I said, sure, Ashley, no big deal. Um, send me the code and I'll send it back to you. So she sends me the code. I send it back to her thinking to myself, what a smart girl <laughs> validating that I'm a real person. Like I should be doing this. And before you knew it, about five minutes later, I had a horrible gut feeling like what in the world did you do, Krista? I mean, I didn't know if it was something that was bad or good, but I hadn't heard from her. So that definitely triggered the feeling. And so I decided to Google Facebook Marketplace Google Voice scam because the code came from Google Voice. And lo and behold, the first article is all about how people are being scammed on the platform. Oh, my God. And so what essentially happened is this scammer, who even knows if it's a female named Ashley, what she was trying to do was send me a code that verified her to have a new Google Voice account. And for those of you who are not familiar with Google Voice, essentially it's a fake phone number in which, you know, let's say you were a consultant and you didn't want your customers knowing your real phone number, you would attach that fake phone number to your real one. So it still gets forwarded to you, but no one sees what that real number is. Got it. 
And so essentially she was trying to create a new account so that she could go and scam people with this fake number, but it would originate at me versus originating at her. Oh, dang. And so at this point, I couldn't believe that I had fallen for that. And in hindsight, I'm like, yeah, I probably shouldn't have sent a code to somebody. But, you know, it was a learning experience. And I thought, why not create a video and post it on TikTok? I had been pretty active on the platform and thought maybe it will save someone from following falling for the scam. Well, posted the quick video that I filmed probably in five minutes in my bathroom. And overnight, we got about 2 million views. Oh my God. Crazy, crazy traction. 2 million views, like hundreds of comments about people experiencing the same thing or thanking me because someone asked them to send them a code when they didn't because they had seen the video. I mean, it was crazy. And at that point, I thought that that was as crazy as the story was going to get. So it's, it, it, I, I was about to, to ask that because like uh, it seems that a lot of people it's it's experiencing that type of thing because well at least it hasn't happened to me uh, and I, like my first thought is it's the same as you like probably it's not that common that this is happening to that much people but wow right. two million two million views and and then what what happened after after that. Yeah. So again, I thought that was the end of the story, just, you know, helping people out, hopefully. And before you knew it, I had a direct message from a news reporter from an Oklahoma City news station. And I mean, crazy, random in terms of location, but she's like, Krista, I would love to interview you for the news. And so as a savvy entrepreneur, I know that PR is good, whether it's good or bad. And so I decided to forward that TikTok video to all my local news stations. And five minutes later, I lo and behold, I got a call from our local news station saying, Krista, can you come down to the station tonight? We want to interview you. Wow. So went down to the station, was wearing an Aisling shirt, of course, tried to plug Aisling everywhere I could because, I mean, again, these channels are places that I've been hoping to share about with Aisling yeah. and, and of course not the situation that we're in. And then last but not least so far, um, so forth, but I got a text message from good morning America a week later and they wanted to what? send an entire team to our offices to film yet again for the Google scam. So <laughs> in the next few weeks, I will be on good morning America, not because of Aisling, but because I fell for a scam. So the world is a, is funny in the way it works. But as you say, any, any PR, it's good PR right. as, as an entrepreneur. That's, that's so funny. And so they, they, you already filmed that, that piece of content for good morning America. I did. And when their crew came, I was really trying to get the videographers and the production team to get shots of the Aisling products within within like B-roll and, and, and such. So I'm really hoping that Aisling somehow makes an appearance, whether it's just in my title or you see some products. So we'll have to see. But honestly, sometimes these stories is what can catapult a business. Yeah. I was um I was talking to the founder recently of Ivory Ella, which is a clothing line. And essentially, I mean, they're they're huge now. And the way they got started was creating Twitter accounts. And this was back when Twitter first started. And some of these Twitter accounts, one was called Lady Boners, which is a crazy name, but it was just pictures of like Justin Bieber with his shirt off and things like that. <laughs> ridiculous but across all their twitter accounts they had about 85 million followers wow they just jumped on as it was new and before you knew it they started advertising products and one of the product lines that really took off was these turtle like turtle jewelry turtle turtle rings and so I'm sorry, not turtles, elephants. elephants, elephants at the time. Turtles are popular now. Um, so elephant rings. And then before you knew it, they decided to launch a clothing brand focused around elephants and giving back to organizations that help the endangerment of them. And so that's how that company blew up. So you never know. This Google scam could be, you know, the thing that catapults Aisling for us. So we'll and, see. And it's crazy because, well, I, I know that you you are very active on TikTok and your TikTok account is is amazing. Actually, like, you, you are inspiring us to, we already started our Wahoo TikTok account, but 
you are you have inspired me to i'm gonna jump into the platform as well i'm gonna start creating and putting up some content um and from from what i've seen and from what i've learned from tiktok kind of like the more real you can be and the more real the stories that you're putting out there it's like that kind of like resonates more with the tiktok users right um That's so correct. People think that it's only Gen Z and it's not only Gen Z. I mean, the platform is certainly diversifying itself more with different age groups. But what I will say is that Gen Z does highly value authenticity and, you know, really having a social purpose in what you do. And so I think that that's why people are doing well, just being themselves. You know, some people film videos in their cars and that's enough. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen that, and I've uh, I've seen so many accounts blowing up from day to night because one of the videos gets like this and gets super viral, and that can catapult your company for sure. So yeah, it's very power, a very very powerful tool. I would love to maybe in in, in another podcast or in another conversation we can dive more into TikTok because I know you are you are an expert. Uh, but today I wanted to ask you a little bit more about Aisling Organics, uh, the company. So um, I know a little bit the background of the story and why you, you decided to start uh, Aisling. Uh, but for people who doesn't know what Aisling Organics is, can you tell us a little bit of the background of what the company is? And also, if you can share with us the story on why you decided to, to start it. Absolutely. It's, it's a huge part of why I do what I do. So long story short, uh, my family was heavily involved in the beauty industry. They owned the largest beauty supply distributor on the East Coast, which was eventually acquired by L'Oreal in 2010. And so even as a small child, I was heavily invested in the beauty industry. I would be going to trade shows. I would be in my mom's office just listening to her conversations as the vice president of stores. And so it was heavily, it was heavily involved in my life. And it wasn't until about seven years leading up to college and within college that I had pretty severe migraines and nausea. And long story short, I spoke with the best of the best doctors in Boston, and and no one could really figure out what that culprit was. And I was sitting at my makeup counter one morning, staring at the back of a foundation bottle, and realized that I read the ingredient labels for everything that I eat, everything that I drink, I exercise, I do everything that's good for my body, but I've never even thought about the potential of what I'm using in terms of personal care products. And so I sent those products off to get tested and they came back with flame retardants, mercury, aluminum. I mean, the most toxic ingredients you can even think of. It's stuff that you would think would be in an auto shop and not things that you're putting on your body. And so after discovering this, I thought to myself, huh, I wonder if this could be what's causing my migraines because they really came out of nowhere. And I'm just someone who believes that there's a root to every ailment that you have and that it's not necessarily undiagnosed and and unfixable. And so at this point, while I had those products sent off, I stopped using all my makeup. And about two weeks later, when I got the results, I hadn't had a migraine or any nausea since. And so my beauty products were, in fact, the culprit to why I had been feeling so sick for so long. That's crazy. And why... Why do you think the doctors were not able to realize that it was the the the, the makeup that you were using that was causing all all those migraines? Because probably I I bet that whenever you went to the doctor, they they send you like to to get blood tests and and all the the things that you do for a physical. Um, um, but but what do you th- why do you think they weren't able to find out what was the root? that the makeup was the root of the the things that you were experiencing? I think that a lot of these findings are in Eastern medicine versus Western. And so in terms of the doctors I were seeing, they were some of the best doctors and hospitals out there. But, you know, even in those seven years, they never even asked me what I ate. And that's kind of what's crazy about the medical field is, 
we focus so heavily on what's the next drug that we can take, yet we're not thinking about the supplements we're take, that we could be taking. We're not thinking about what we could put back into our body to help it. And so I think that it's that's a missing factor there, first of all, is being asked what you eat because diet is so important in our bodies. Yeah. But not only that, but there was a huge segment on ABC and it was showing exposure levels of someone who were, who was using makeup versus not using conventional makeup and how those levels of chemicals changed over time for the better, of course, with not using the conventional makeup. Mm -hmm. And they're very specific chemicals to test for. And so I'm just thinking that when I had those blood tests, they're not testing for those right things to identify the issue. Ah, got it. Um, How common do you think it is for people that's wearing makeup to have these allergic reactions to to the components of the of the makeup. When I first started, I thought it was a just me problem. I was like, oh, I must be allergic to something in this product. No one else is probably experiencing it. And that's why originally the idea wasn't to launch a brand. It was just to help figure out why I had been sick. But as I started to share this story with other people, more and more either told me, hey, I can't wear any makeup because I break out in eczema. Or two, I am gluten intolerant, so I can't use any lipsticks that have gluten in it. Or three, people like me who have had migraines and other ailments that they've been able to isolate to their products as well. And so it was more and more popular as I started to talk about it. Wow. Yeah, well, really, me, I never used that, but I don't, my my sister that, that used makeup, um, I think I've, I've never heard that they have attributed any ailment to the makeup, but probably like some of the uh, in, like sickness that they've had in the past maybe was caused by by makeup and they don't did they didn't even know about it. It absolutely could be, and I just think that there needs to be more education around it. We saw it first with food that people had to start being more transparent because that's what society wanted. And mm-hmm. that took, you know, a few years before it started to be more normal for us all in terms of wanting these healthier products. And then in terms of personal care, the first product that really stood out and had that research behind it was deodorant. So that's yeah. why people are switching from aluminum-based deodorants because they're finding links to breast cancer um, for both men and women. And so that's been the first personal care product that has had the spotlight on it. And that's why we've seen, if you look at like merger and acquisition activity, that brands like Native and Schmidt's deodorants are the ones that not only grew really fast, but got acquired really fast because the bigger conglomerates are starting to understand that that's what consumers are wanting. And so it started with deodorant and now I feel that it's moving into skincare and then eventually makeup. And so if you give the industry a few years, I think that it will be more common that this is talked about. Yeah, no, I've, I, I've no, I know native and, and I changed to natural deodorant like a while ago. Um, but it makes sense, right? Because it's like skin is a very absorbent organ, right? And like normally you don't think too much about it, but whenever you put lotion or whenever you put a, a makeup on top of the skin, um, probably that's the way I used to think. And it's like, um, it's just like on top of it, right? It's like you wash it out and it's going to go away. It's not getting into your system. It's not like you're not eating the things. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe that's why a lot of people think like, okay, just like on top of my skin is not going to affect my, it's not going to get into my bloodstream or it's not going to get inside my, my organs and my body. But right. that, that's not the case, right? Like, it gets absorbed. The, the, the best way that I've thought about this is think about nicotine patches and birth control patches. <laughs> if the skin wasn't a gateway, then there wouldn't be dermal patches to infuse that drug into our bodies. And so it's almost worse if you put a toxic chemical on your skin because it's absorbed right into the bloodstream. Whereas if you ate something that was toxic, at least your liver can say, hey, that's not good. Let me help you out here a little bit though. But again, with personal care products, you you really need to be careful about what you're putting on your skin. But with that being said, I have people who come to me every day and they're like, Krista, 
I want to switch over to more natural products, but I don't have thousands of dollars to do that. That would be insane. And what I always tell people if you're trying to start on a cleaner journey is to look at the products you're using on the largest portions of your skin or on the mucous membranes. So one would be switching deodorant. That's an easy switch. It's not an expensive switch either. And then second, foundation that you're putting on your face or lotion. Those are things that should be switched next. Um, And then following by lip products, because of course you're eating them. And so switch those main products. And then as you run out of the conventional products that you're using for those other categories, just buy a cleaner alternative when you go to buy it. Got it. Yeah. So I know that whenever you switch deodorant, I I know that at least for me, one of the main kind of like fears that I had was that the new deodorant was not going to be as effective as my previous deodorant because I was using, I think it's a Gillette uh, mm-hmm. that had a, a aluminum with it. And I like, I probably don't look like that right now, but uh, whenever it's super hot, I sweat a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so normally whenever I, I used to buy deodorants, I normally went for the one with maximum uh, coverage, like the one that says like extra strong. So I, because it like, it makes you uh, insecure, right? Like if I am wearing a a shirt and I am going to a meeting and if I show that like I am sweating a lot, it it, like makes me feel uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and and, like how how sure of of myself I am. So I, I know that, making the change to a natural deodorant for me like my biggest scare was okay it's not gonna be as as useful and i know that for deodorant um as i've been using for so much time uh, the aluminum deodorant um sorry for the ambulance right now but um, as i was as i've been using for so many years uh, aluminum deodorant Kind of like my skin was too used to it. So whenever you make the switch, it takes some time for your body to kind of like detoxify from from the uh, from the aluminum, right? And it's gonna be like maybe a couple weeks where you are gonna feel that it doesn't work. But it's but after that, uh, after those two weeks, once you get used to it and your body gets used to it, it just works as good as like the aluminum deodorant. Um, so I know that at least for me that was like the biggest the biggest uh, fear, right? Because of course it gets into like your self worth and like your your self esteem. And of course. Uh, I know that probably with makeup, uh, that's also the case, right? Because like I know that a lot of people uh, uses makeup as this tool to just like foster your 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 sec- like how secure you are whenever you go to a to a meeting or whenever you go to to work um and have you seen that there is like a similar fear whenever switching to organic makeup of like oh this makeup is just not gonna work or this makeup is just gonna fade too soon and do, do you think that something similar happened whenever you're you're making the switch to makeup absolutely it's a great question I created Aisling because I couldn't find anything in the market that actually worked. And so in 2016, when I launched the line, I would go to, let's say, Whole Foods, and I would find makeup that was clean, but it didn't make me feel the way my old makeup had made me feel, and it didn't work the same. And I believe that that's the missing link in the industry, especially in makeup, is that there are a lot of clean skin, uh, clean skincare and makeup lines that, again, are clean. They don't work, though. And so that's why it's been my mission to make a line that's clean and works, because my theory is you could tell someone that their lipstick, let's say, is hurting them. But if you don't have a solution that makes them feel the same and works the same as their old favorite, they're not going to switch long term. It's, it's going to be this yo-yo diety type thing. And so I think that that's the case with any products. Technology is getting better and there are options that are coming out there that are better performing. And so that adoption period that you're talking about, Nico, is something that doesn't need to happen like it used to. So for instance, native deodorant now has come a long way and that two weeks could now be a couple of days. 
And same thing with skincare. Sometimes when you're trying new natural skincare, your face has to purge from all the chemicals that you had been putting on top of it. And so it might take a few days to a week, sometimes a couple weeks before it clears up. But generally, you'll have more benefits by getting over that hump. And what I will say is with everything being online right now and a lot of people working remotely, it's a perfect time to make those switches because you don't necessarily have to be out with a bunch of people. But, you know, what I will say in its entirety is that it's great to switch. There's longer term benefits and don't fear that transition period because sometimes people don't even have one. It's, mm. it's to each their own. Also, it's not for every, not everyone is going to experience something like this. Not everyone. No, nope, I didn't. With deodorant, I didn't even have to um, have an a, a adoption period at all. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so some it just depends on your body. Some people don't. Hey, just a quick pause for a message from Waku, and we will be right back to the interview. We are very excited to let everyone know we've just launched Waku's crowdfunding equity campaign through Republic, a platform that allows anyone to invest in private startups like Waku. Waku is now part of a very exclusive group of highly vetted startups from Republic and now you can become an investor of Waku starting with investments as small as $100. If you'd like to learn more about why to invest in Waku and why this is such a great investment opportunity, you can go to republic.co forward slash Waku. That's R-E-P-U-B-L-I-C dot C-O forward slash W-A-K-U. We will be thrilled to have you join us in our journey to bring to the world the most refreshing herbal tea with gut health benefits and help to create impact in the livelihoods of hundreds of Ecuadorian farmers. Let's get back to the show. Mm -hmm. Got it. Um, what do you think? I, I know that probably there is a, a lot of like secret sauce on, on, on your products and why they work so well. But what, what do you think are some of the like main things uh, like why why your products work better like is there any specific ingredient or any specific <laughs> like that way of manufacturing the product that make your make Esling, uh, that work better compared to uh, other natural natural products that were not as effective as Esling? Yes. So our key to success with our formulations has been that we're plant and herb based. And to give you some context, the other makeup lines that are out there are mostly mineral based. And minerals essentially are if you would, let's say you went to a lake and you scooped up a handful of rocks and then you took them and you dried them off and you crushed them into a powder. That powder is the basis of what you're seeing a lot of other natural makeup lines use. And what happens is if your face isn't oily or you don't have anything that will make a powder stick to it, it's not going to stay on the face. It's like putting powder on top of a dry surface. It doesn't cling. There's no vehicle to it. And so these other makeup lines, people will apply them and they'll look good in the morning. But as their day goes on, it's really going to kind of fall off and wear off the face. And so what we've done is we've taken ingredients like kale and clay and put them in our foundation and our mascara. Because what happens is if you think of a clay mask, when you apply it, it stays on the skin, it adheres, and then it hardens. So there's a lot of performance to an ingredient like that. And so that's why we use it in our products to make sure that they actually have that long wear abilities that our yeah. other competitors don't have. And that's everything from... Uh, lavender to chamomile to crushed cinnamon to coffee powder uh, to rice powder mixed with different creams that can make it that do make it more effective oh wow that's uh, that's super interesting to learn and um why do you think the big makeup companies are not just changing their formulations to make them better for people uh, Is it similar to, because like I know that in the beverage industry, the big players like Coke or Pepsi, they, they just know that they can get away with it basically because they are selling so much of their product that they, they don't care and they just don't, don't change the, all the sugar that they are putting into their, their drinks. Um, but is it similar in the, in the cosmetic industry that they just like, 
don't care or or have you seen that they are slowly making a change to uh, make their products more organic and more natural well a couple of things here um one some of the bigger lines are actually changing their formulations to meet the european standards which has stricter guidelines when it comes to the ingredients in your products but then they're sending the crappier version to the u.s so it's just ironic that they are actually making cleaner products but because we don't have as rigorous of standards, they're sending us the products that are more conventionally harmful. But mm-hmm. to your overall question, I think that they are changing some of their formulations because they're seeing that the industry wants it, that society wants it. But the key here is that when it comes to natural and sustainable products, especially the Gen Z buyer who wants these products, they don't want to purchase those products from a conglomerate. They don't want the natural version of Tide detergent. They want to buy from an indie brand that has a face behind it that can say, hey, I know that this is hard to learn. I know it's hard to understand what you should buy and and what is actually clean. But if you trust me as the face of the brand and the figure leading this, then that's just, you don't have to have that second guessing when you're buying that product. And so people do want to buy from those indie brands and support the story and really get invested in how that product is made. And that is something that the larger conglomerates just really struggle with. And so, yes, they absolutely could do the same formulas. They could, you know, make their packaging more sustainable. But at the end of the day, will that consumer buy it? That's the question. As of right now, I'm not seeing that. But who knows what the future will bring? Yeah, that makes sense. It's very similar to also what happens in beverages that um, technically, yeah, like Coke can create tomorrow a version of Waku uh, mm-hmm. that's just like an herbal tea with the same ingredients. But kind of like branding wise, the consumers are not giving them the permission to get into these, like just like copycatting a formula like Waku. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's, I, I see a lot of similarities. A lot of similarities there. Um, my next question I wanted to ask you, I know that for products like ours um, that people consume every day, um, I've seen a lot of times, at, at least with Waku, that um, we hear like kind of like success stories, but just like testimonials of, of our customers that changed their sugary drinks for Waku and Mm-hmm. Uh, they just tell us how better they are feeling and and how much uh, how much their lives have improved by by drinking waku and that's like super super fulfilling right and it's like it's amazing to hear those things that, that, that what what you are doing actually it's creating an impact in the lives of a lot of people right and i my best guess is that of course a makeup company can have a lot of these type of stories as well right because uh, makeup it's it can be such an important tool in, in the lives of a lot of people um, that you wear every day and, and uh, it's very important to like your your personality and, and your the way you see yourself um, so I wanted to ask you can can you remember like uh, any very cool story from one of your customers that that has reached reach back to you and then like what was the story like how how were they before starting to use your products and and uh, how was their lives afterwards yes absolutely these stories are the ones that i hold near and dear to me because it helps fuel me pushing through the hardships that everyone has in business we had this one woman who emailed me and she said she had heard about our line and that she hasn't ever been able to use makeup because she breaks out in hives And she said, Krista, I really want to give makeup a try. I'm going to take an entire week off just in case I get a reaction. And so she came into our offices and I started one product at a time, super hesitant because I didn't know what her body was going to do. Because the other thing to note here is that let's say you're allergic to chamomile. It's a natural ingredient. Some people are allergic to it. You could have an allergic reaction. It's very Mm -hmm. real. You can have allergic reaction to anything. So that's why you still have to be careful. It's just less likely with natural products. 
And so as I applied one product on the other product, on top of the other product, we waited each time to see if anything would happen. And as soon as we saw nothing did happen, we continued those steps until she had a full face of makeup on. And by the end of it, she literally had tears in her eyes because she's like, Krista, I feel so beautiful right now. I just really, really hope that I can go on with the rest of my day and it won't impact me. It won't give me hives. And so she left the offices and I crossed my fingers because I'm like, please, like have this be the one solution for her. And lo and behold, I got an email that next morning, I believe it was like at 5 a.m. And she was ecstatic. And she's like, Krista, this is the first time I've ever been able to wear makeup. And I, I truly believe my life has changed because of it. And she has been a huge voice of support, supporter of ours because she now can feel confident in her own body. Not that she ever needed makeup, but you know, as a woman and men too, sometimes you just want to spruce things up and, and play around. And that's how she felt. And so that story always is, is very close to me because that's why we're doing what we're doing. I love that story. That's such a, such a powerful story because yeah, it, it, it does change the lives of that. And, and I bet like that you have probably a lot of other customers that some of them reach out and some of some others don't reach out. Absolutely. Uh, but I, I love that. And I love that. Um, I know that that's a, a big important, like uh, this is a big why be behind why you keep doing what you're doing. Right. Um, and this brings me to my next question. And it's so far, uh, I know that you've been doing Aileen for like five years or so. Mm -hmm. um, what do you think has been one of the, biggest challenges you've faced um, as being an entrepreneur or like, it can be like personally or business-wise. Um, what has been one of the biggest challenges you've, you've faced so far? And what kept you going and what kept you, what helped you to overcome that, that problem that you faced? One of the biggest challenges has been being taken seriously as a young female entrepreneur. When I first started my line at 21 years old, I was very naive and I had heard about the stories of people having trouble as, fe as females in business, um, especially young ones, but I had never experienced it myself. And so it just, it wasn't something I thought about a lot and almost viewed it as a, oh, it won't happen to me type thing. And as we started raising funding for the business, I experienced so many really unfortunate situations between people not taking me seriously. If I'm with a male counterpart, they only talk to him. In my pitches, being told if I didn't wear a colorful blazer or if I wore a wedding ring, that I'd have a better chance of getting funding. It's It's been pretty crazy in terms of not only that, but um, just like inappropriate comments and behavior from investors. And so that's a challenge that you never expect. Business is hard enough as it is, and you throw those dynamics into the into play, and it gets really tricky. And to, to not only have experienced those, but find out only 2% of funding right now is going to women-owned businesses, it just shows us that a lot of change has to happen in the industry. And so... I always try to be a voice for other young female entrepreneurs or, or just female entrepreneurs in general to show them that you can push forward. You don't have to work with people who don't treat you the way that you want to be treated. And you, you'll always find a solution. You just need to be persistent to find those right people that you can have in your corner. That, that sucks. But yeah, it's so important to have, to have a fear like you, of course. You are probably an inspiration for a lot of other women entrepreneurs out there. Uh, I it's it's amazing what you what you do, um. So yeah, it's uh, and and then whenever, let's say you encounter it, it, a, a scenario like this, right? Like you went to a pitch and like the investor was like, shitty like this, and and this mm -hmm. happened to you. In this in these specific moments, um. What what was like your your mindset or your thought process whenever you were experiencing that? Because I I, I can see definitely with like all the things that you face as an entrepreneur, it's mm -hmm. sometimes you feel you're you are fighting a war in so many fronts, and on top of that, adding that like not being taken serious just just because you're a woman, 
Um, what what do you think is your mindset to to overcome that uh, in, in those specific moments? A couple of things. First and foremost, I remind myself, this isn't a me problem. I do not need to change. This is a them problem. Their views are incorrect. The way they're acting is not appropriate. It's not a reflection of me. And so as soon as you realize that it's not you making a mistake, it's easier to push forward and just say, I got to keep going on this path. These people aren't a good fit for me. And especially early on when you really do need the funding, sometimes you feel like it's a make or break situation if you don't take the deal or if you don't work with a certain person. But at the end of the day, every, everything will work out and you'll find other options for funding. You'll find people who respect, respect you and believe in you. And that's exactly what's happened for us. I have a handful of people in my corner who they trust me as the CEO of Aisling and they know that I'm going to make the right decisions and they don't make comments like the ones that I've seen from other people. And, you know, just think of it as a blessing. You're seeing that red flag early on, not after you've gone into business with them. And so it's up to you to make the decisions that's right for you and right for your business and keep just pushing forward until you find what works. I love that. Yeah, I, I agree 100% uh, that the people that you have to have in your corner, it's, it's better. You have to be very selective with them for sure because, of course, when things are going well, probably everybody's going to be happy. But mm -hmm. you really need to have the right people to be in your corner whenever things start to go south because then yeah as we said earlier you know it's it's hard running a business it's hard doing a lot of things and to have a good support system is a key to success for what, whatever part of life you apply it to yeah i agree a hundred percent um my next question krista is um what currently has you excited in the world of a uh, Uh, organic cosmetic and the, and the cosmetic industry um wh what have been like new things or new trends that, that have you excited right now i'm very excited about the fact that the beauty industry is shifting gears a bit to be focused on real authentic people without filtering without editing and and just understanding that what we see on tv and what we see in ads is not necessarily real life or the way that people look and i think that that's come a long way from where it has been years ago especially for the young girls who are looking up to the prominent figures in the beauty industry and learning what is right for them and, and what they should absorb And so I think that that's come a long way. It's not just specific to clean, but it's certainly in, in general. And then in regards to the clean industry, I'm loving the fact that there are more and more brands popping up. Some may view it as competition, but in my mind, it just means that there's more accessibility for everyone, whether it's makeup, whether it's skincare, whether it's hair care. The more options out there means that more people are being educated on the importance of using better products. And so that's a win in my book. Nice. Yeah. And if somebody wants to um, start learning a little bit more about what are the options there or start to um, start get educated themselves more in, in, in uh, the options out there, where do you think it's a good place to start? Like, is there any any specific book or blog post that, that you think has very useful and ed educative information about uh, makeup and the, the ingredients in the makeup that they are using and all that? Yeah, the best place that I recommend people starting is going to the Campaign for Safe Cosmetics website because they help lay down the foundational education in terms of what's going on in the industry. But in regards to everyday accessibility and just learning quick tips, I would also suggest the Think Dirty app. I know it's a funny name, but essentially it's an app in which you can scan the personal care products that you use and it shows you how toxic they are. So it's not 100% accurate. I think it still has some ways to go, but it creates that baseline to help you if you don't know anything about products and, and clean ingredients. And then last but not least, we also have a publication called Talk Clean to Me, and it's, it's an independent website. And what you'll find on there is 
digestible information on how to live a more sustainable life. Everything from products to fashion to eating. And so that's a very good place to start for beginners as well. Nice. I love that. I'm going to put those for sure in the in the show notes. Um, and before I let you go, some of the last questions that I had, it's like, let's say today um, I... I am wearing makeup and I'm I'm starting to have migraines, but um, sometimes I feel it's kind of hard to find the root cause of that pain, right? Because it can also be the food that I am eating or maybe the drink that I had yesterday that's causing these these migraine. Um, in your case, how did you make that connection, like? Um, Did, did you started to try different things uh, to start to just like drop certain food or drop certain certain things? Like how how did you end up doing that connection that the the ailments that you were having were caused by the makeup? That's a great question. And what I'll say is that persistence was a huge factor here because you have to imagine that I went through seven years of not knowing the answer and going from doctor to doctor. But what I will say again is because I had my eyes kind of already open to the natural industry, I knew that there was more than just what Western medicine was telling me. And so at that time, I had already been eating really healthy and almost doing an elimination diet. And from there, I was also exercising. And so the, the third factor really was the products that I was using. And that's where I, where I started to narrow down and see if I could identify what that trigger was. But what I'll say is if you are experiencing problems like that and you're trying to figure out what the culprit is, almost view it like an elimination diet. You know, eliminate a certain product for a few weeks and then add it back in and see how you feel. And do that with different categories, whether it starts with your hair care and then, you know, some of your makeup and skincare and, and so forth. I think that that's a great place to start. But overall, it can't hurt to switch to more sustainable products. It's better for the body, even if you don't have symptoms. And so again, living a more sustainable and clean life is very important. And it doesn't have to be as expensive as people make it out to be. I mean, we have so much more access to things now than we did in 2016 when I started the brand. And so Just making those switches regardless if you have symptoms or not, it, even starting just with the deodorant. I mean, yes, it's a couple dollars more, but save yourself some money now versus later in life when you have to pay those health bills. That's at least how I view it. And so make those switches and I you can't you can't go wrong, honestly. Are there any other um symptoms that uh, may be caused by uh, makeup? Like other other than um rashes or other than allergic reactions immediately are there more like underlying things that can be uh, can that may be caused by by the makeup because like i know that for example uh, with gut health and, and like with the products that we do um, mm -hmm. gut health affects a lot of things right and um, it affects from like your mood uh, your energy levels um, mm -hmm. so it does have like a lot of ramifications. Um, so do you think um, with makeup and the things that you put on your skin, are there any other type of like uh, symptoms that may be causing this or, uh, or, or something like this? Sure. I, I will put a disclaimer out here. I'm not a doctor and this is my personal opinion based on what I've seen. But what I will say is, I think that there's a direct correlation between the products that we use and infertility and hormone issues in women. And so I, I really do believe in that. And therefore, if you're having any of those types of issues or you're finding, let's say, your time of the month is just you know not consistent and you're in a lot of pain and all these things are happening, I would really think about again, the products that you're putting on your skin, because it's so easy to absorb a product and it just throw off your hormones. And so that's where a lot of those root symptoms are coming from, whether it is the nausea like I was experiencing or the migraines or bad cramps or, you know, infertility issues or, or so forth. And that's kind of why you hear doctors 
talk to pregnant women and say, you should think about your products. It's actually the only time they mention products at all is, is when women are pregnant. And that's what actually encourages people to get into this industry. But what I suggest is to take a few steps prior to that and already get into that industry before you're already pregnant and thinking about it. That makes a lot of sense. Thank you so much, Krista. This has been very, very educative for me. I, I learned a lot and I know that people that's listening has been learning a lot. Thank you for sharing all this knowledge. And if people want, would like to connect more with you uh, mm -hmm. and learn more about uh, Aisling, what are the best social medias to uh, connect through? Sure. So Instagram and TikTok, my handle is at it's I-T-S, Krista, K-R-Y-S-T-A, Lewis, L-E-W-I-S. So that would be the easiest if you want to just DM me, but you could always email Krista at AislingOrganics.com for direct access. Awesome. Is there any ask that you would like to make uh, to the audience today, any new project or any exciting thing that's going on with, with Aisling? My only ask would be to spread the word, spread the word about my story. Even if it hasn't impacted you, let's talk about it because I think more people need to be aware and awareness is a start, even if people aren't making a switch yet. Awesome. Love it. Thank you so much, Krista. It was super Thank nice you. to have you on the podcast. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hello, everyone. This is Nico again. And just a few more things before you take off. If you'd like to be part of the Waku tribe to be the first one to know about the launch of exclusive flavors, special promotions, and content about health and wellness, just go to livewaku.com, that's L-I-V-E-W-A-K-U.com, and sign up for our email list. And if you sign up, I hope you enjoy being part of our community.